0: What up, what up, what up San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, the Valentine's Day edition. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Your number is 877-374-7463. Again, that is 877-374-7463 or 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that takeover to today. And anything that we're discussing on the doctor today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well, too. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. Also, if you want to stream the show live, you can log on to the business uh, Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can log on to my personal page as well, and you can leave comments. Uh, we'll respond, I'll respond to those in real time. Or I'll go ahead and respond to those later. And keep in mind as well, too, uh, if you miss any of the shows live, you can always go to uh, the sportsgrindonline.com, where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week, 365. And keep in mind also, if you're traveling or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise, you can always go to the same website, sportsgrindonline.com, and click the play button and you can listen to us live live there 877-374-7463 what's up Mr. Clark ready rock and roll all right man let's go let's go this Tuesday um it is the Valentine's Day edition told you listen to me long enough told you this is one of the most overrated holidays that we celebrated all it is is a money grab you know um good thing for me that you know since I broadcast um out of my home studio and not only that my significant other works from home so I ain't got the pressure even before I started doing the show from my own studio at home even the pressure wasn't because uh, AC's been working from home like way before like pandemic started so I don't have to have that pressure of like well she's gonna go to work and her other co-worker female co-workers and other wives gonna be around and if she doesn't get anything then she'll be just so so embarrassed devastated so now it's like I mean she already knows I feel. I mean, now, later on, you know, taking it did have out of my busy schedule for the first time ever, I decided to go ahead and think early and make reservations. There you go, you Cal. Know, that's about as good as it's going to go. But, no, I mean, come on, man. I haven't even imagined and checked on the prices of, like, a dozen roses or two dozen red roses, especially with inflation and everything else. And, child, pretty sure everything else is up. I can only imagine if everybody's bitching and complaining about eggs, I can only imagine what they hitting people on the head for February 14th. You know, I'm just it, it is just what it is. But, hey, you know, and, you know, the other thing that's watered down about this day, too, before we get into sports, it's, it happens a lot in my region um, in the 210. But going to the courthouse publicly and getting married on the 14th, that's watered down. Not that there's nothing wrong for anybody that does that, but I mean, in that kind of old, like I mean, does that I mean, happen a lot? Oh, uh, in San Antonio, it does because I think they give out free vows that way. Anything, somebody gets some free vows and get married and everything. I think it is they'll they'll jump on it. That's my kind of that, deal. They look at you. That that'll, <laughs> that'll jump on it. You know, anytime justice the peace is giving out free work. They'll go ahead and basically jump on that. So hell yeah, it's free. It's it's a popular thing. That's why I'm even bringing it up. Because every time I was oh we had about a hundred couples show up to get married on the courthouse steps today. Like come on, see even Tank has a problem with it. Um, anyway, all right, man. So we've got a lot to get to today. Um, quite a bit. Um, you know, sports continue the world. Are we still? You know, football is still going to be heavy. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, we still have the combine coming up, you know, free agency as well. So we're not going to just it's because we crowned a champion. We're not going to leave the NFL seat. So we've got some NFL news to get to. NBA continues to roll on, you know, Kyrie Irving made his home debut um, yesterday uh, in regards to in Dallas and in American Airlines arena. Um, I didn't get to hear that. Was there any type of booze in the introductory too? was there? I don't know because I heard it. I didn't see it live, but was it all roses? And so because I know he talked to the media again yesterday, the Dallas media in his first, you know, I guess Q&A back and forth. But did you hear anything like that?
1: Uh, not that I caught in the initial part of the game. Uh-huh. I was wrapping up my Spurs coverage last night uh-huh. um, from their their loss. Uh, but if there were any boos at the beginning of the night, there definitely weren't any at the end. Um, hmm. Kyrie had a huge fourth quarter. I mean, he, he struggled in the first half. Okay. Um, but had a huge fourth quarter, brought him back within two.
0: Yes, was, they, I mean, they were down They were early. down big. Yeah, Minnesota jumped um, on them early.
1: But really, when it comes down to it, and I think this is something that they're going to have to work through. Uh, when the game was on the line, and you needed a shot to make it, uh, him and uh, Kyrie and Luca played hot potato with the basketball. And you got less than 15 seconds left in the game, and you've got it—you've got a shot that has to go up. And they kept passing it back and forth. And Kyrie talked about it after the game. And I wasn't a real fan, though. There, uh, there might be a little bit of... Uh, conversation today because I didn't really care for Kyrie's post game remarks where he talked about you know he started name dropping teammates as to why it didn't work at the end. Hmm, uh, he said that. he said it was on me, but you know I passed it to
0: Luca and I thought this guy was going to do something else and I thought this this this. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know it's on me. Well, I mean, first of all, we've all and again I understand that we live in a microwave society. We want instant oatmeal. Um, but as Lebron said in the instant oatmeal society, but it's gonna take some time for those two guys to get and that's on Jason Kidd. It's on it's gonna take some time for them to figure out other, you know, uh, on the same court, you know, because I really think if you can get the, you know, I'm not really down. I know Luca was coming back after some time off with the ankle situation, but I'm not really down with trying to get Kyrie to run with the second team and all that kind of stuff like that. So to me, I just think it's one of those situations to where um, they're going to have to find out those spots and where to pick their spots because really Luca, I mean it's more Luca adjusting I think than Kyrie Irving because Kyrie didn't play with LeBron he didn't play with KD so I think it's more Luca having to get adjusted on how he plays but like I said it doesn't matter. If one of them doesn't step up and hold the other players on that team accountable for defense, they're not going to go anywhere. Now, the one thing that did stand out to me because it was prior to the game yesterday, even before, but it kind of came out after the game is that Kyrie said, and they're not talking any contract extension during the season. So um, take that for what you want. I mean, it's one of those situations to where I don't, me personally, in my opinion, I don't feel like they gave up that much to get Kyrie, but yet and still, it is a situation where you could just be renting him for a few months, depending on what he wants to do. So you had that going on. Also, LeBron, which I don't think LeBron has played a game since he broke the record. Last night was his third straight game and missed. They was in Portland. Portland jumped all over them from the get-go. Um... But I have a fair question in regards to that. Um, and my question is, you know, look, you you can't never – no one – I don't care if you're a Jordan lover, a Kobe lover. Nobody can question his passion and love for the game, okay? And that's not what I'm trying to do here with this question, which I think is fair, though. But keep in mind, I mean – you know, and this is this is coming from somebody that has really been on the other side of defending LeBron for years, prior to him winning his first championship and then even after. But I'd have to question, I mean, look, the Lakers have no margin for error in trying to make the playoffs, okay? Credit to Rob Palenke, Jenny Buss, they finally, you know, they could have just waved the white flag, but they tried to make some moves to go ahead and, you know, be stay competitive to try to at least get into that play in game or maybe steal that eight slot before we get to the end of this thing. But part of that is you know LeBron being on the court. And my thing is like, okay, you know, I didn't see in that particular game that he broke that he passed Kareem. I didn't see him tweak any ankle at that time. I didn't see him re-injured. There was no reports that in a practice or in a shoot around afterwards that he re-injured So. I'm not saying that LeBron is playing for stats and just important, or was it just about the scoring title, whatever. But what I'm really saying is, like, does is he really bought into the fact that he feels like he has a team that he can contend with a championship? Because I can understand taking off, you know, the next day, maybe the day after, because you know he spoke again at the at in the game, the next game at home, he addressed the crowd on the microphone again. But to me, and that's when he said, hey, Savannah's the real MVP. I was like, didn't KD say that to his mom one time? But I guess LeBron just said it to his wife. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's a situation where a game, I can understand, but there's no margin for error. For the, Forget championship. Let's just talk about them making the playoffs. Me personally, I wonder what this is really about. But I think it's a fair question. And I'm not trying to question LeBron's love for the game, whatever, but it is all of a sudden like what you gutted it out just to get this record or scoring title over with. And then now you've got to recoup because we didn't hear nothing really about this ankle situation. And. So to me, this is just one of those still r r situations right before the break is coming up, the all star break is coming up um you know i'm pretty sure there was an emotional type of situation just not just that game but leading up to the anxiety of like hey everybody's talking about it you're gonna pass kareem you got all the friends the celebrities every time to me me personally this is just a little r&r in my in my opinion
1: yeah i mean this is his extended halftime show this is his 29 minutes you know to kind of get things right as he was chasing down the title cow. He averaged in the month of January thirty-six points per game. I'm sorry, thirty-six minutes per game, and his scoring uh, average was thirty-one. Hmm. Huh. Carrying the team without AD. Right. All right. Um, the record, you know, is, is what it was, what it was in January. But now, and then you come into come into February up through that stretch. Uh, sorry. Uh, so uh, actually, I. I want to apologize. Am I, that was December, so okay. this, those were his numbers in December. In January, he averaged thirty-seven a night and 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 uh, thirty-seven minutes a night and thirty-three points per game scoring. So he's Very carried efficient. that now for two months. As Glassman has been down, I mean, I get it. So but I, I I think that he, this is again this is his extended halftime show. They're thirteenth in the in the West, right above the Spurs. Yes, their record is, has them in better position to compete for for a play in spot. But I think this is needed if you're going to have him down the stretch. The 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 load that he has shouldered to this point got the record, and then if there's a time to take the break off, because he's he should he should play in the All Star game. We should see him. Well, that he's a captain. That this is coming off the scoring title. He's got to be there.
0: Well, see, that's where me and you are going to differ a little bit because I feel the all-star, I mean, damn, how many all-star games has LeBron played in? What's important in regards to he's chipping away at his legacy right now. And part of what everybody judges him. a lot of people don't really even care. I should say care, but they're not even giving him that much credit for even pass screen. It, it still depends on that trophy count. Look, an R&R little rest after game one, I get it after the game but the bottom line where you tell me they rank that is no margin for error and when I say no margin for error I mean no margin for error from making the playoffs okay because if you if you make these moves and you still have a roster left of Anthony Davis and LeBron James and this is the year that you basically pass the Kareem in the scoring title It's one of those situations to where it's not going to, and you miss the playoffs, not going to be a good look for his legacy. So the only reason why I'm bringing it up is I just feel that this is what it is. I think it's a little bit more extended to me because I'd rather him take a day off or two and then be back for a game like last night against Portland or going forward. Then if you've got to sit in the all-star game, then sit. You can be there. I mean, everybody's had enough time to see LeBron James in an all-star game. I mean, that's not important to me. What's important if you're, I mean, I don't have a dog in the race, but I'm saying what's important in regards to Laker fan or those team or Jenny Buss or Plankey, it's about getting our ass in the playoffs. That's really what it's about. And there's no margin for error in that. Like, for example, where where are the Clippers at right now? I don't even know because I haven't looked at the standings in a while, but I'm, I'm interested to see where does the Clippers sit right now? The Clippers are sixth in the West. Okay, there but- you go.
1: They're only five games ahead of the Lakers. Okay, but that, because, that's a lot. Because the it, it, the West is tight right now.
0: Five-game separation. It don't sound a lot, but it is. Especially when you're talking about a team with the Clippers versus Lakers. That's my point. The reason why I ask you, they're in the sixth seed. So even if this is overkill rest on Kawhi and Uncle Dennis's low man whatever they've got a little bit more margin for error and they haven't had none of their guys all together at one time for the exception of maybe one or two games you can count on one hand how many times they've all been together eight seven seven three seven four seven four six three also before we leave NBA uh, other note uh, in the two one zero down here the Spurs they're on the verge of making franchise record history again. I figured we'd only – I mean, they did it already in the Dome for the most attendance. So they're about to make a record, I think, for the second time in franchise history. I believe what? I mean, last night they took another L. Right now I think they're at a 12-game losing streak. Uh, 13. Okay, 13. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they are one or two shy losses in a row, and that would eclipse the most – the longest losing streak since this team has been the San Antonio Spurs, so where are they at? Are they they've, two, three, or how many? Tied many? it. Oh, so they only need one more.
1: 1989 was the longest losing streak at thirteen.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, that was that the well, that was the year where we were we wait on David. That year or was that year. What year did David get drafted? Or was that the year that before? he was. I'd have to fact check. Or that maybe out. that was the year that before they got day. I don't know. No, because he, we got him mid early age. Yeah. Well, there you go. I thought they had a couple more games to play, but they only got one. He was in eighty seven. Eighty seven. So that's about two more years after the longest, and that like, that was at thirteen. Then that was at 13.
1: thirteen in nineteen eighty nine. And you've got the Hornets, who are bottom of the East. Uh, you're going to their house. They uh, snapped their seven game losing streak last night against the Hawks.
0: So Look, again, we know what the mission was at hand. We know. We know if you accept your mission, this is what it is things go about doing it but at the end of the day most of y'all say hey that's good news but i'm only reporting that that's that's a side of history you never thought that this franchise especially with that guy still roaming the sideline we'd ever see 877-374-7463 you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Doseckis we are broadcasting here from the hazel Sky Online studios we'll be back All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark spinning the one and twos. All right, 877 374 7463 is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking for the latest new products in, or you want to order something nice, champagne, bubbly for the night for your significant other. All right. Make sure you go to specsonline.com because you can order for same day delivery as well because the fun starts here that is specs official sponsor of the sports grind and an official partner of your dallas cowboys 877-374-7463 all right so moving along in the docket so yeah there you there you go your spurs are going to set they, there's something nice to go you know this is the 50th anniversary season so we broke the record for the dome attendance and we're about to break a record for the all-time losing streak in spurs franchise history
1: and if you're a fan of the team, then you would hope that it turns into uh, a number number one overall, pick, another number one overall pick. Uh, which I mean, you look at the previous ones, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. It, it, if you don't land them, it's not for aught. Then I'm not
0: going to get. I, I'm not going to get my hopes up for number one. I'm looking at what I'm standing pat. What I said. This is looking at shouldn't be any lower than three. Anything lower than four, you got screwed. Anything I think three, second or third. Is is uh is doable. I really don't think I hope I'm wrong. Trust me. I know people think oh Calvin's a spur hater, he's not really a spur fit. No, you know, them being existence allow me to come up with a plan to do what I do for 11 But the reality of it is it's better when they're competitive. Okay, especially as this show's growing in different markets. I mean, hell. You know, I'm trying to keep steady from my home base that want the jazz of the world, that want Spurs, but if they trash, I ain't sacrificing other markets just to keep the whole Spurs. Hey, man, go get the DVD. That was a long time ago in 2001. The bottom line is, look, I hope I'm wrong, but for this franchise to get blessed three times, once, twice, three times a lady, for the number one overall pick for a generational player to come along, Pray for the best. Prepare for that. Because I think even if you fall at three or two or three, it's legit. Like I said, is, I can't. My man, I'm going to start paying attention. But there's a kid on Alabama, man, that, you know, look, hey. I, mean, I And I hate this whole game because he's getting compared a lot to the KD, Kevin Durant, his game. I mean, Alabama's a serious, serious Final Four threat this year. I'm telling you, it's not all about when Mamba, we know he's going one. But there's some good, there's some good picks there at two, three. And possibly four.
1: Well, the last player well, the Spurs took out of Alabama didn't really pan out.
0: That's a trivia question that I would if I was on Jeopardy, I would probably zap out on that. So the last Alabama player that the Spurs took let me see. I mean they didn't he they didn't draft him, but I know he brought rings and I know uh if I'm not mistaken, Robert Ory played at Alabama, but that doesn't count. You said he they didn't draft Robert Ory. The Rockets did. Um, who is the player that they drafted that went to Alabama? Oh, come on, man. That I'm doesn't... Come saying, on, man. Carol, that anybody, I'm thinking... Anybody you know, I'm going way back Josh in the day. Yeah, yeah, stop, man. Does that really count? Like, come on. I mean, at the end of the first of all, I'll tell you this, like, again, that's a whole other subject, a whole other time. We ain't got time to get into it. I can tell you straight up the kid I'm talking about is more mature than what Josh Primo probably even was at the time. And he ain't. And let me tell you something. I like Josh. I saw him when he was out in Alabama. You know, um, he ain't this kid. Okay, and I'm going to remember this kid's name by the next time I bring him up, too, as well. At At least I keep it real with you. I know what I'm looking at, but I can't think of the kid's name. But he's their best player, though. Number 24, I think, he wears. I think. He's their best player, though. But, nah, man, stop. I mean, we're talking lottery players, man. We're talking, like, top three. Top four. Spurs ain't had that since the guy from the Virgin Islands. You know? They can't mess that one up, can they? Um. So we'll see, man, but they're on the record pace. This this, this is really, you know, the eclipse 13 wins in a row while you have one of the goats on the sideline. I don't know about that, man. David Robinson rolling around in his grave right now. I mean, this is just, this is bad. But let's keep it moving. College basketball. Um, you know, I know our, our, our guys, our friends from Lubbock, will be joining us here shortly. Uh, kind of want to give them their flowers. That was a huge win last night against Texas. I have some thoughts about them, but I'll save until uh, 100 to score. Uh, pretty much joins us, uh, but other college basketball notes. Look. Carolina's in trouble. You know, we were talking about blue blood uh, programs and stuff. I mean, if it started today, I'll tell you right now, mostly everybody in Mama got Kentucky out. That would be, that would be news because I, I like Kyle Perry, but you know what? When you're making that kind of money at Kentucky and you've had great success, you've got a lot of brothers changing with generational wealth. You put them in the league. But when you're making that kind of money and you're in the SEC, you got to be, you know, championship and final four teams are one thing. But every, everybody a Mama gets invited to the NCAA tournament. You cannot miss this if you're Kentucky and they're in trouble. But you know who else is in trouble? And that's North Carolina. Okay, they lose yesterday, another ACC game. They lose to Miami. Now, the Hurricanes, they've got something working with there. They've got a little decent team. I don't know how far I would see them going, but they won some games. They won a lot of games the last couple of years in the ACC that goes unnoticed. I know their coach pointed that out in the post game yesterday. But Carolina took a took an L. And what's crazy about this, and, I'm, and I think I'm right on this stat, in the history since they've been keeping this stuff, the AP, top 25 preseason, there's never been a preseason number one team, which Carolina was. There's never been a number one preseason team to miss the tournament since they went to like a 60 format, at least. Remember, Carolina last year, you know, really, I think last year was the first year without Roy Williams, I believe. Maybe it was the second. But anyway, Hubert, I mean, Hubert they, they, he makes a run with the team. And I remember last year, I think they were struggling as well, too. Because they were talented, they were struggling, and I believe it, it all changed for them when they went and played Duke in Cameron. That was Coach K night. Remember, that was the last time Coach K was going to coach at home versus Carolina in this Tobacco Road robbery. They went in there and spoiled his his, his 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 party. They won it. And after that, they rode that thing. They got hot. They got hot through the ACC tournament. What do you know? They went to the finals game against Kansas. It's getting kind of late, meaning the reason why I bring this up and take you down history class, because I'm trying to wait for them to have that signature win. Can they get hot, get going? They're in trouble. I mean, you, they, they're they possibly, at best case scenario, they might be first four in, but you have an opportunity. There's a scenario coming about where you could see this tournament. I mean, what do we have, 100 teams now in the tournament, it feels like? You could have 64. Carolina and Kentucky. NIT bound. Unacceptable. But that's history right there. No other team has ever been preseason one AP and gone on to miss the tournament. So there you have what's going on in college basketball uh, world as teams continue to fight. I mean, these are some good games, especially I've been talking about the Mountain West, some competitive games. I mean, Baylor blew the doors off of West Virginia. What is Bobby Huggins? What has gone on with Mountaineer basketball? I mean, Bobby's been a long, around time. I remember following him back at Cincinnati, you know, Kenyon Martin days, that's old school. I love Bobby Huggins. West Virginia don't look nothing alike. That full-court press he likes to do, they don't look nothing like a resemblance of a Bobby Huggins team. They got boat race last night. It wasn't even that close in in Baylor. And Baylor's another team. I've told you a couple weeks ago, this is a different team that I'm custom of Baylor having because Baylor, to me, it's i'm not anticipating a deep run with this team in Baylor unless they stay hotter than fish grease behind the three point line. They rely a lot on the three point shot in Baylor up in Waco. So, we're getting to that time where you hear me break down a little bit more college basketball, you know, kind of going forward so you got that baseball Okay, baseball pitchers and catchers are about to report. I don't really, to be honest with you, they're reporting. My, they are reporting to my new markets out there. I don't really don't start talking baseball unless it's big stories or until we get down until a couple months in. Give me a time to adjust to look at the landscape. The only thing I wanted to talk about today in baseball was two things. One, they're keeping this dumbass extra inning rule, okay, this was supposed to be brought in for COVID purposes only. Shortened season, you know, everybody's cooped up for four months. We took anything at that time. I didn't care. Well, I don't care if they would have told me we were going to be, they were going to be swinging off of a tee. We're going to do tee ball because we got to serve these on. We would have took anything with no sports for four months. I have never thought I'd go through that in my life, but I went through it. It was tough. It opened me up to a lot. It changed a lot of things in this country, in the world, that things that we never would go back to. Evidently, baseball, one of them is, damn it, the normal overtime, extra innings, whatever you want to call it, rule. See, this is is what gets me in baseball, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, is because, you know, and I understand where Rob Manfred sits with everybody. Everybody can't stand them. I remember Salami used to tell me forever, he couldn't stand that dude because it was all, you know. First of all, if you look at it, you know, it's one of those situations where Bud Selig took a lot of heat. Because of the steroid era. But if you look at really what Bud Seeley did, He was a man. He was a commissioner that was loved by players. He always was one of the games. He was one of them. They look at Rob Manfred as an outsider. But if you look at what gets me is that. You know baseball is a game about numbers. And history. And individual stats. Like any other major sports in this country. And they tweak things. Like this is something that's messing with. I mean we talk about steroids. I mean you got the purists. That, oh man Bonds ain't this. Screw all them guys. Hank didn't do that. Oh, yeah, screw him. But yet, at the same time, man, we're letting Rob Manfred tweak with these rules. Do you understand what that does in regards to how that affects even the closer position? When you inherit a guy on second base, okay, pitchers, the catchers, and look, I'm no seam head. But I have paid attention to this game enough to know when you have a pitcher, Come in the bullpen or you got a closer that automatically inherits a guy on second. The catcher calls the game different in regards to what pitches and it's a mindset thing. That's automatically a disadvantage in regards to the closer. Now, if you got the Sandman and Metallica's playing in the back and he's running out of Yankee State, that's a different story. But not everybody's a Sandman. Okay? I don't like it. They lied to us. They said this was supposed to, you know, I was cool with it last year. Like, okay, man, it takes him to get some time to wait. No, man, they running it back. It's bullcrap. And I'm not even a seam head. And that bothers me for all other reasons that I won't get into. But that's a bunch of crap. And number two, I'm so, I mean, I think it's Correa, man. Um, the one that just signed, I mean, he went, well, first of all, he's with Minnesota. Then he basically was going to go to the Giants. They didn't work anything out. And then didn't he end up coming back? Yeah, after to the, the Giants, Giants
1: and the Mets entertainment
0: back in Minnesota. He says the new bases look like pizza boxes. I think that was in the quote it's saying. Uh,
1: Alex Cora. It was
0: that Alex Cora said that. My bad, not Correa. Alex Cora. I haven't seen a picture of him, but I knew that they were trying to get to larger bases Um, This game is changing slowly but surely, man. They're doing everything to try to keep that youth and get that youth attraction to changing their game a little bit. But they got to be careful, man. Baseball is a sport that's got a lot of piercing. And have you seen the the new bases? How big are they?
1: Well, when you talk about just uh, dimension sizes, of course, uh, they're adding three square inches from 15 square inches to 18 square inches.
0: So they're going from where to what?
1: Um, so my understanding of how this works out, Mm -hmm. you know, square inches is that you're basically adding, um, what what would that be like an inch and a half? But did you say they're going from 15 to 18? 15 to 18. So that's about three
0: inches. inches. Yeah. Three inches can make a difference. Size does matter, you know? pause but yeah three you go you go three inches 15 18 that's a big difference but again i don't care about the box, because what i want him to do put a sensor in that that bag so we can you know it can speed up the replay we can know whether he got in or not this this is technology we should be able to have a, a little chip in that bag to know those bang bang plays or whatever i'm all for that but when we start talking about my thing that's making you know my butt itch is the the starting the runner already on second and they've and keep in mind, and I can tell you right now, I haven't even read this, i but I guarantee you, Manfred, they're gonna try to spin this. Well, you know, we've been talking about how we can speed this game up, and you know, people, oh, oh, oh. There's other things you can do to help speed the game up. Like tell that guy to stop getting out and rearranging his cup and his black and gloves eight to nine times a bat. Tell the closer that's sitting back there eating sunflower seeds that's in the dugout and he knows that he's probably going to be called on the 7th, 8th, but he's been sitting there for the 4th, 5th inning warming up pitches in the bullpen. When his ass gets out to the mound, we shouldn't have to go to another commercial break because he's got to throw another 10, 12 pitches from the mound. There's things you can do to help speed this game up instead of sitting there starting a runner on 2nd. It's just I mean, I can imagine being like a diehard I can't imagine being a diehard scene fan and basically being a purist and seeing all this stuff that Manfred's trying to do with this game. go ahead well in
1: that same vein Cal other rules that are going to be uh, implemented this year and I want to get your thoughts on them as we get ready to set put them in uh, the shift. Right?
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the, doing the
1: changes it. to the shift. So if the hitting team reaches base and runners advance on a ball hit under the violation, uh, the game proceeds without penalties. If the play has any other consequence, the hitting team, uh, you know, an, uh, an out, a sacrifice, whatever, the hitting team can decide either to accept the penalty in terms of whether they're defending in that shift or not.
0: Well, I remember in the summer, I remember last year, kind of in the summertime or before we got into the fall, they announced these rule changes that were coming up on the horizon, and I remember that one with the shift. We didn't spend too much time on it when it happened, but yes, I forgot about that one. How I feel about that one, it's a microcosm of this country. How can we make it easier and simple for people that, you know, everybody get? oh, you can't do that? Okay, it's okay. Let's change this. Translation to why baseball has to do this. Sorry, we have wiped out a whole generation of play. This is something they can't fix. So they've got to do something like this to shift. We have basically wiped out a whole generation, starting at youth baseball, going up to Little League, to youth, to high school, to college. Triple A, single We've wiped out a whole generation because all we've cared about is launch angles. And we don't even have guys that really teach guys how to basically hit against the shift. So we just gonna take it out. That's really what it is. Now, Tony Gwynn is literally rolling around in his grave. I mean, come on, man. Like, how do you? That's what I think about that. It's a microcosm of this country. Oh, you can't do it? Well, let's make it a little bit easier. Oh, we can't do that. Everybody's got to be a winner. You can't call them a loser. No, man, that's a bunch of bull crap. And what's so bad? I think the other rule in that, maybe it's under the same umbrella, but the, the infield, they've got to have their cleats on the dirt. They can't have any of their cleats on the grass. Correct.
1: Other other rules coming when you talk about speeding up the game. Cal the pitch clock. Pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty, and 20 seconds with a runner on base. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with with eight seconds on the pitch clock. So that does help speed up the game. To what you're talking about, that's one of the rule new rules coming. Pickoffs. Um, you have uh, a change. You know, after a third step off by the pitcher, the pitcher will be will be charged with a bulk unless at least one offensive player advances a base. Or an out is made on the ensuing play after the step off. Of course, the bigger bases and now restrictions on position players pitching as well. Eight seven
0: seven three seven four seven four six three. First of all, anything with the balk, they can't even. I don't even know what the original balk is. They, I don't even know what a. I mean, that you talk about a case by case basis. I've seen pitches where I thought they're balking and they let them go, and then I've seen umpires call balks, and I don't even. So I don't even know what the original balk is. But y'all get the point of that segment. It's just what, I mean, look, you got to have, there's nothing you can do. There's things you can do, but you got to let the, you got to let the game and you got to get the youth. You got to do it organically. NFL had a hundred and what, fifteen ten million 10 million people to in the Super Bowl. Do you think it wasn't always those numbers, but they did it organically. Yes. Fantasy football helps gambling helps. And just people in this country, we love gridiron. We love football, but they did it organically. And I like the way they've come out and said, well, Rihanna had more people watching her at halftime. What, like three million more? So people left or people just said the three. Well, I'm just going to tune in Rihanna. Man, 115 still 115, man. When we get back, definitely want to talk. We've got tragedy that struck this country again. This time it's on the doorstep of Michigan State University. Want to talk about that when we get back. You are listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back.